evening, time being 7 o'clock, I call the November 30th, 2022 meeting of the Franklin Town Council to order. Please pause for a moment of silence. Please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Announcements from the Chair. All citizens are now welcome to attend public board and committee meetings in person. Meetings are live streamed by Franklin TV and shown on Comcast Channel 11 and Verizon Channel 29. In an effort to maximize citizen engagement opportunities, citizens will be able to continue to participate remotely via phone or you may click the Zoom link that is on the posted agenda and on the town's website. The phone number is 929. 205-6099 and the Zoom ID is 875-0453-9526 and then you need to hit the pound sign. Uh, once again, the Zoom ID is 875-0453-9526-POUND. Uh, Councillor DeLorco is unable to attend tonight's meeting, and I believe Councillor Pellegri uh, was going to be... I'm going to be calling in, but she is not here. Okay. Let, please let me know if and when she calls in. Okay. Okay. All right, moving on. Citizens' comments. Citizens are welcome to express their views for up to three minutes on a matter that is not on the agenda. The council will not engage in a dialogue or comment on a matter raised during citizens' comments. The town council will give remarks appropriate consideration and may ask the town administrator to review the matter. Is there anyone in council chambers that would like to speak on an item not on tonight's agenda? Okay, is there anyone out there in Zoom land that would like to speak on an item not on tonight's agenda? I'm not seeing anyone of you, Alicia. Okay, moving on. Uh, approval of minutes, we have none this evening. Proclamations and recognitions, we have none this evening. And no appointments either. Uh, we do have a public hearing, uh, and I'm gonna just bounce over that for just a minute to deal. Uh, we have some people in the audience to grab before we get into the public hearing. Uh, I'd like to deal with that. So we have a presentation from the Elks Riders uh, with the donation of Veteran Services Department, I'd ask them to come forward.
Please just identify yourself, name, and address. David Navarro, Rich Daly, President of the Alps Riders. Matthew Vance, Sergeant in Arms. James Tripp, member. Michael Wainwright, member. Now on the camera I have P uh, Preda. She's, she's <laughs> going to be one of our new riders coming in very soon. And Media coverage. Mike Wainwright is also over here. He's uh, brand new. <coughs> so he, has, he hasn't got a lot of experience yet. But i just like to uh, take a minute. Uh, this is our second trip this year, as most of you know. Um, we did well this year. And as time goes on, our group is getting much larger. We've tripled, better than tripled in size in three years. So we're doing well. Um, just a little quick, most of our funds come from rides that we do. Um, we travel wherever, there's rides everywhere. We do veterans runs out of our lodge. Uh, and I'm doing two this year. And the profits from that is what we've brought to Franklin from this past year. We also do multiple fundraisers throughout the year. And it's it's a great thing to be able to come up and hand out some checks. It's really awesome. So, and uh, with that, uh, anybody else? No. no. <laughs> uh, I would like to present the town, town with a check for $1,000 for the Veterans Gift Fund. And that would be a second, that's actually our third donation this year. Elks Riders um, organization once again for another very generous donation to our uh, Franklin Veterans Gift Fund. This fund is so important. Um, we use it in a complementary fashion with the Veterans Municipal Fund and it can provide um, help uh, with all kinds of things, you know, um, dental bills, um, you know, hearing aids, uh, moving costs, all, all kinds of uh, needs that a veteran or a widow of a veteran may have. So um, thanks to uh, generous donations like yours and the support of the Elks, when veterans come to us, um, I'm able to help them out. So um, thank you to all of our donors. And um, again, thank you, Rich, and your crew. Thank you. Okay, we'll go right to uh, the resolution and then um, we'll go back to the public hearing. So we'll go to resolution 22-76, gift acceptance, Elks Riders donation to Veterans Services Department. Clerk will read the resolution. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is resolution 22-76, acceptance of gifts for the Veterans Services Department, whereas the Veterans Services Department has received a generous donation in the amount of $1,000 to be used at the discretion of the Department for programs and services as follows. Donation summary, Veterans Services Department, uh, Veterans Gift Fund, $1,000, donated by the Elks Riders. Total amount donation, $1,000, now therefore being resolved. 
the town council of town of Franklin on behalf of the Veterans Services Department gratefully accepts this generous donation to be used at the discretion of the department as described above. This resolution should become effective according to the provisions of the town of Franklin Home Rule Charter. Move resolution 22-76. Second. Motion in the second. Discussion, Jamie? Second. Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to approve resolution 22-76, a majority votes required. And since Councilor Pelegri is not on, we do not need to do a roll call. So, all those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Going back to the Franklin tax classification hearing. And I would declare the public hearing open, please. Come forward if you just identify yourselves for our list, uh, viewing audience. As well as our listening. I'm Chris Feely. I'm the chairman of the board of assessors. And I'm Kevin Doyle. I'm the director of assessing. Jenny, was there? Did you want to do a lead in here? Uh, I think most of the data is on the presentation. Okay. But that's gathered is gathered in a fair and equitable way 
and um, the evaluation process that follows that in likewise uh, in a very much a fair and equitable way so that we can present to you tonight um, the best file possible in terms of um, evaluations. The um, new growth, I uh, just wanted to speak a little bit to it, um, that it was very strong in the residential area um, this year. And um, likewise, we had a pretty good year for both uh, commercial and industrial. I mean, they're relatively moderate numbers, um, but it wasn't um, a tremendous amount of activity going on. So we're collecting this information from June, uh, or July 1st of um, to 2021 through uh, June 30th of this year. Uh, that that information, the status of the properties as of June 30th of this year, is what um, goes into the file for the valuations that will be presented uh, next uh, month. Kevin, if I could just start yes. for a second, I just want to announce to the public that Councilor Pellegrini is now uh, on board. Joined us for Joined us remotely. <clears throat> so, thank you. Continue. Great. The, uh, we still had a st very strong year uh, in personal property as well, business assets and utilities. And um, last year was 50 million, this year was $42 million in value. So um, our growth was a, um, a good number uh, at almost uh, uh, a million, uh, just about a million three um, in revenue to be added to the uh, tax levy base in addition to proposition two and a half. That's il illustrated on the next screen. The, um, which is a levy limit built up from the limit allowed for fiscal 22 plus two and a half percent, plus the growth that I just spoke about. And that brings us to um, a, a levy limit. Um, uh, and we're allowed to add to that number in the bottom section here, section, the uh, final section on that chart, the uh, debt exclusion, the total being a number, I believe, that was very similar to last year's debt exclusion amount. And we're very close to the uh, levy limit, all things considered. Um, we can't go up another penny uh, because of the penny rounding, uh, basically. So there's always a little bit of a gap there between the maximum amount that could potentially be raised um, but I think it's around 37,000, it appears on another uh, calculation sheet, $37,000. The next page, uh, because a lot of the work that we do deals with medians, we've chosen on this study to show the median valuation 
for a single family home. Um, we've selected that over a number of years. Uh, we've also done the mean, which is the pure average of single family homes. Oh. The median would be the middle, um, the middle value on an array of values that run from low to high. <clears throat> and that's at 563,100. Um, the, the single tax rate for discussion purposes this year would be $12.58 per thousand. Um, that would mean that for the average single family home, uh, an increase over last year of $469. The last page shows, chart, the chart shows the, um, the shift um, scenarios um, showing at the top, upper left, indicating that we're still at about pretty close to an 80-20. It's actually just over 81% residential and a little under 19% um, commercial, industrial, and personal property. Um, with the values, the way they were increasing all through calendar year 2021, and they're continuing uh, in 22, but for this purpose, the valuations are based on the market data collected for calendar 2021. And considering the kind of uh, increases that there were in actual uh, arm's length sales, um, the, um, we've done well, I think, to hold on to um, these, be close to these ratios, maintaining a something close to 80% uh, uh, and maintaining almost 20 on the commercial, industrial, and personal property. Um, based on the levy and based on the scenarios, you can take a look on the right, on the lower right, and see that for a factor of one, single tax rate would be $12.58. Whereas, um, if you go down, look, look to save about a dollar for an example on the rate, you'll find that the uh, commercial, industrial, personal property rate would have to be approximately $4.40 more. So it's more than, uh, more than four times uh, the savings on the residential side. Did you have any specific questions at this time? Any questions from the council at this juncture? Not yet. Continue, Kevin. Thank you. I think we're done. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last slide. Probably pretty close. Yeah. Uh, th this hearing is being conducted. I should have introduced this from the start. Under the provisions of Massachusetts General Law, Chapter 40, Section 56. And um, it's an annual hearing, as you all know here. Uh, but for the general public, this occurs annually. And um, 
the council has historically voted for a factor of one, which is a uniform rate for all classes of property. Um, another item is that um, there's a classification that has not been used um, by the Board of Assessors. Uh, it's called open space, but it shouldn't be confused with provisions that may be made in uh, planning, uh, the planning field, for example. Um, so there's no um, the discussion about it. A discount in that area is not applicable. Um, the assessors um, <coughs> have historically uh, not seen data that would um, indicate that um, a small commercial exemption would be appropriate. Um, there's only about a dozen communities in the state that are actually doing that now. And the uh, commercial and industrial, um, if there's a discount to certain properties, the commercial industrial rate would have to be increased to cover that. So the, those two classes would have to uh, make up the difference uh, otherwise. So there would be a higher rate uh, in those two uh, classes. Um, the residential exemption, Likewise, um, in about a dozen, I think maybe 13 communities last year, um, found to be most relevant in uh, communities where there's a large non-owner-occupied uh, population, that is the resort homes or the densely populated communities, large cities, uh, Boston, Cambridge, Solville, where they have uh, major rental markets and uh, large numbers of uh, non-owner occupied uh, residential uh, properties. Thank you, Kevin. <coughs> Questions or comments from the council? Councilor Hamlin. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, Kevin and Chris, so thank you so much for being here tonight. I know you guys work really hard, um, diligently, I think is what you said, right? Not aggressively. Right. Um, and um, there was just one, so I wanted to thank you and your whole team for all the work that you do. Uh, there was one thing you said that I was just wondering about. You said that we have a pretty, that the CIP percentage was pretty well. Um, if, I was wondering, like, what would would it be if it was better or worse? Like, if we have eighty, close to eighty twenty. Would would if it was like ninety ten? Would you say it was bad or something like? Just so, like, give us an example to explain. So, that. The, what he meant to say was it's it's been pretty consistent. Okay. Not that it's good or bad. Okay. Right. So that eighty twenty has been pretty consistent, mm -hmm. going up and down for. The, I'm going to say approximately 20 years or so that I've been involved with the town and everything. So I think at one point it was 79, 21, but it stayed right in that range. So I think the word, he should have used the word consistently okay. as opposed that, to good or bad. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just I was thinking like, so it, it hasn't really changed that much? No. In, in the point of presenting that, 
is if you had it the other way, 80-20, commercial, industrial, residential, then you might want to do a dual tax rate. Right. Because you, you, you're relieving the residents and the disparity on the commercial industrial is not as significant. But where we have it the exact opposite, in my personal opinion, not representing anyone but myself, the single tax rate is appropriate. So if there was more um, commercial, the CIP, there was more of that property and less residential, then if we, if we did a dual tax rate, then it could be higher on the commercial and it would relieve. The, 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 Im the impact yeah. isn't as significant. Right on the industrial, so commercial it be industrial. A four to one. It's four to one now, and right. it would be one to four if it was flipped. Right. So every dollar you increase the commercial industrial, if it was 80, 20, you're reducing the residential by four. Right. As opposed to the exact opposite of that now. Okay. It works great if you have things like power plants in your community, big, huge commercial industrial property like that. Okay, so that's when, it, when the dual tax rate is, is a good thing to do. In my opinion. Thank you so much. Thank you, yes. Mr. Chair. Thank you, Councilor Hamlin. Any other councilors? Mm -hmm. Councilor Chandler. Through you, Mr. Chairman. You can hear me nicely <laughs> clearly tonight, <laughs> right next to you. Um, thank you, ma'am. Appreciate everything you both do for the town. I know you've been doing it for a while. I actually got a few questions from people on this, so I'm kind of excited. Bear with me for a minute. Um, these new apartments that are all being built everywhere, that's not commercial, that comes under residential? Yes, that's correct. Okay, so if we went to a dual rate, they wouldn't get charged? That's correct. Okay, that was no. a question. That's good to know. All right, um, let's see what else. Uh, the only you made a good point in your present in your um, paperwork that you gave us. You basically said that a dual tax rate does not produce more tax revenue; it simply shifts the burden. Correct. Okay. I mean that says it all. I like that statement. But you know, to go to the to the duals, I mean, the taxpayers could use a little less burden. You know, I mean that's just. Somebody's got to say that. I, and I think because we've been 80 20, so I don't know if anybody would leave Franklin. Would leave Franklin? Is that what you said? Or industrial, yeah. So, one of the things, and, and again, this is my opinion, I'm yeah, not no, representing please. the Board of Assessors, my opinion. One of the things that people need to understand that when you think of commercial industrial property, it's not just FedEx and EMC. It's smaller businesses like that foot doctor at the corner of Fisher Street and 140. It's the eye doctor, the dentist, the accountant, the small lawyer. It's not necessarily all these big industrial properties. It's people that are gonna pay that rate and they're probably paying the residential rate already because they probably live in town as well. No, I'm glad you said that. I mean, people need to hear that. So that's, yep. that's some of the things I was getting at. And just lastly, things will flip that the average family is going up $350 that's the 17%. I'm not sure where you're seeing that. The, the, uh, the average single the increase family. The average passes. single family. Oh, the average is opposed to the median. Yes, family. yes. So that'd be yep. 350. Um, and if it was flipped to a dual rate, what would the average home go up? Or would it actually go down? So in the, in the first year, it would probably, and again, we haven't done the math, yeah. but off the top of my head, I would say it would go down slightly. 
However, the next year, it's probably going to go up more significantly because it's going to decrease the value of the commercial industrial property because they're paying higher taxes. Okay, good. I just I want people to hear all this. I appreciate yeah. your time. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Councilor Chairman. Councilor Cormier-Ledger. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. <clears throat> to Councilor Chandler's point, can you guys just explain for our purposes and for those watching, um, how do apartment building owners uh, contribute to the taxes here in town? Because I know that that doesn't fall on the <coughs> apartment renters, so the landlord pays something to us. So how is that charged? So the, uh, even though the apartment uh, buildings are classified residential. They are valued through an income approach to value. Um, that's what we rely on. In addition, if there were, if there were market information, we sometimes like on the, especially on the smaller apartments, like four to eight units. Um, there's quite a few of those in town, and we have market data for those every every year. Uh, and there's a correlation between what they would sell for and what the income approach to value would indicate as the value because the income approach to value is replicating what the investor would be looking at and they're only going to pay what if they're going to it's going to be profitable for them to uh, make a purchase at a certain number of dollars the uh, larger complexes um, we uh, gather the rental information, we gather um, expense information, and there are also standards to look at uh, regionally and nationally. Uh, and there's also um, the, uh, what's called the, uh, 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 yeah, <laughs> the uh, return on investment. Uh, the, the, these factors of, um, of the gross income from the apartments, less the expenses, and then a capitalization rate, uh, which uh, is an indication of the kind of return uh, someone would, uh, or firm, would expect to get so, on an investment. So to simplify the answer, what Kevin described is how we come up with the value for the property. Mm -hmm. The same as if it was a residential single-family home. You, once you get that value, they're taxed at the exact same rate that the residential so home. So regardless of anybody living in the unit or not, the landowner is paying a flat rate to the town? No. There would be... There, if, so if it's a big complex, like across the street, there would be some um, part of the calculation if there was a significant vacancy in the building. So, because that would decrease the value of the property. Thank you. Does that also, the second question, does that also translate to commercial, like for example, at uh, uh, Forest Man Plaza, if, if they have empty storefronts, is the owner of the mall still paying okay. the same rate to the town, or is that all calculated at a different rate? Because I know some of these commercial landlords pass the taxes on through triple net to the, to the tenants, but Right. I'm, so I'm more concerned about seeing all the empty storefronts around town and how that impacts our taxes. So just for clarification, everybody pays the same rate. So I think what you're asking is the amount. Mm -hmm. 
So there would, be, again, if there's a significant vacancy for a significant amount of time, yes, that would factor in and could reduce the value of the property. Thank you, Councillor Cormier-Ledger. Councillor Sheridan. I, I thank you for all your work. So at this point of clarification, you say 820 does that mean the actual properties is 80%, 20% or the contribution? The value of the right. values of the property is 80-20. Okay. Uh, the which then would correlate to contribution as well. Okay, so it's not the actual properties in the town? Not the number. No. Okay, right. no. Thank you. Right. No. Thank you, Councillor Sheridan. Councillor Jones. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, first off, gentlemen, thank you for the presentation. I enjoy these every single year it's just remarkable to me that I, look, I have to look all the way back to 2010 and 2011 to see the last time the tax rate was in the $12 range. Mm -hmm. That's extraordinary. Um, but what I think one of the things, point of clarification, both for the council and for residents alike, is that um, the town of Franklin, just so everyone understands, we are only legally allowed to assess an additional 2.5% onto the assessed values of the town. And that's due to Proposition Two and a Half. It's that not levy. It's the levy. It's, it's yeah. not the valuation. Right. Yes. Right. So, so we levy an additional two and a half percent onto the the levy. Um, one thing I think a lot of people don't understand is that since we are restricted by law to only be able to increase the levy by two and a half percent, this is ultimately how we establish our budget: is through the taxes that we collect. And that, that the, the one thing everybody needs to understand is this tax levy, the overall amount of assessed value that we put on the town, ultimately is, is accumulation into our budget. And our budget isn't necessarily meeting the needs of the town on a 2.5% increase every single year. We have no control over that. And it's been since 1980, if I'm correct, since Proposition 2.5 was implemented, and we haven't for as much as we've been levying the town since 1980, we haven't really actually fully been able to keep up with inflation. Because if I'm correct, inflation on average between 1980 and today has been close to 4%. I don't know that. Somewhere on that number. So well, the point that I'm getting at is that even though it's remarkable that we actually have a great assessed value for our community and we are still able to levy a reasonable tax to meet our budget, it's still not enough to meet our needs, because every single year, we fall short of inflation. And we've been falling short of, of, of non-inflation now since Proposition 2 and a half went in place in 1980. So for as great as these numbers look, it's just, it's still, it's still all gonna end up being short, ultimately at the end of the day when it comes down to our budget, which means we're gonna need additional state aid and additional funding in order to try to make our ends meet. Jamie, correct me if I'm wrong with if I'm saying it. Um, I just wanted to make that point because even though this, these are all great numbers, we're still at the end of the day going to end up being short meaning what our needs actually are. But that being said, quick question. Is, uh, I know I ask this all the time, you're like, I don't really know the exact number. Is Franklin Village Plaza and Dell still the two largest tax contributors to the town of Franklin? Yes. Yes. So, so on average, Franklin Village Plaza and Dell are two of the yep. largest 
tax levy contributors to our tax base. Yeah. So whenever anyone looks at their tax bills and says, oh my Lord, I paid you know, $5,500 a year on my taxes from my house, half of that's going to the schools, at least 50 or 56% of that. But the large percentage of the budget is actually funded by some of our very large commercial entities. And of the, of the 100% of our town, 80% is residential, 20% is commercial industrial. And of that 20%, roughly 10%, is, is about 15% is commercial. But what I'm getting at is that our businesses in our town really are the backbone to this tax levy. And they really put a lot of lot of tax dollars into contributing to this town. And I honestly, and I've said it every single year, the last thing we ever want to do is chase them away by supporting a split tax rate. Because businesses have a higher likelihood in an easier time to actually move out of town than a common resident would. Because there are other states like North Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, that offer all kinds of benefits to have businesses move to their towns and to their state. So it would be it would be a dis disadvantage for us to actually ever think about doing it with this transaction. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Jones. Thank you. <clears throat> Councillor Frangelo. Oh, thank you. Uh, also express my, my gratitude for all your hard work on this. Um, two separate points. Uh, one is just because um, I, I, I like any time that it's pointed out that uh, Franklin Village is our largest tax contributor uh, to uh, also point out that our largest tax contributor per uh, amount of resources uh, that it takes the town to service that place, you know, per amount of space that they actually take up, our largest tax contributors, by a large margin, are your small businesses downtown. Uh, those are still producing uh, or contributing way, way more per the amount of space that they take up, sewer that they use, uh, road that they use, uh, all of that. So thank you, schools. downtown uh, businesses. And schools uh, as well. Schools, yes. <laughs> um, the, the other point, just because we, we uh, jump over the, the residential, because uh, in, in talking about relieving burden, this has been something that's been brought up just as, as an option for the town. Uh, that option that we have for relieving burden, and then I'll ask you to correct me uh, where I'm wrong, would be that uh, residential exemption, which isn't, um, which wouldn't be a, a, a relief across the board, but it would rather say that uh, people who are living closer to the margin with smaller, uh, with smaller house, smaller units, probably a larger share of their monthly expenses is going toward uh, taxes or annual expenses are going toward taxes than someone with a, a large house and then making more money. Uh, they're putting a larger, as a share of their total income, a smaller percentage going to uh, taxes. And so what residential exemptions allow us to do is say, let's just not count the first $100,000 of your uh, valuation. And what that does, in effect, is um, provide greater relief for uh, smaller uh, units, smaller homes, uh, those of, of less value, and asks those with larger homes and, and worth more uh, to pay a, a little larger uh, share. That's what that residential exemption does, and it's one of the tools that we could use to uh, if, if we so chose. Do I have that right? Yes, it, basically what it does is it shifts the burden within that tax classification. Within the residential? Yep. Yeah. 
And the rate, of course, would that class still has to raise the same amount of money as it would still to raise if the it same had not those. been in place. Um, the, you know, if you if that was one thing that was done, the only thing that effort that was made, um, you'd have a higher residential tax rate than your commercial, industrial, and personal property rate. So the the exact burden that they would be relieved is not what it appears on the surface, because their rate on the remainder over the hundred thousand would be higher, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So essentially, taxes would go up for those with with the largest or with the highest value homes, and go down for those with the lowest value homes. Correct. So that, that's an option. Uh, that is one of the options that we have for early recording. Uh, but thank you for, for everything you presented today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Councilor Frangelo. Uh, I would go to the audience now. Is there anyone where this is a public hearing? Is there anyone in the audience, in council chambers, uh, that has a question or a comment regarding this issue? Our tax classification, public hearing. Seeing no one in the audience, is there anyone out there in Zoom land that has a question or a comment? Not seeing anything here. I don't see anything. Uh, Councilor Plagri, do you have a question or a comment? before the council on an annual basis. Uh, I wish there were more people that would come and watch or, uh, or come to the council chambers and uh, hopefully they will on podcasts and uh, replays of this meeting. So at this point, seeing no further questions or comments, I will declare the public hearing on the Franklin tax. Chair, do have one hand up. Oh, one just came up. Uh, Mary Jane, Jane. Is that Mary Jane? Yeah, okay. Mary Jane Schofield, I think, had her hand up. Please. Yeah, sorry. It, it, it took me a minute to find where to raise my hand. All okay. right. <laughs> I, just a, a a quick question, uh, clarification on that it was mentioned that some uh, debt exclusions were being included in the total amount of the tax levy. I mean, are those existing? Uh, they have to be. But yes. how much longer are those going to be uh, on the rolls? 
we're, we're looking for an answer on that. Between the TA and Treasurer Collector, I think. Uh, yeah, I think the Treasurer Collector. I think one comes off 24, 25. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, Kerry Bertoni, Treasurer Collector. For you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, the Horace Man, the first one I think it's, I can't say, or is dropping off in 24. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, the Franklin High School is going to be on for a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well aware of that. Yeah, we are. <laughs> uh, but the others will be dropping off. So these, I hope that answers the question. It does. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you, Mary Jane. Is there anyone else? Any other questions or comments? Seeing none, then I will close the Franklin Tax Classification Public Hearing. And we will move on to legislation for action. And the first resolution is resolution 22-77, tax classification residential factor. Clerk will read the resolution. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is resolution 22-77, tax classification residential factor, where is a public hearing and the property classification was held and closed on November 30th, 2022. Now therefore be resolved that the residential factor will be set at one. Move resolution 22-77. Motion and a second. Discussion on the motion. <clears throat> Seeing no discussion, the uh, vote will come on the motion to approve resolution 22 dash 77 a majority roll call vote is required as we have remote participation clerk will call the roll Cormier Ledger yes Jared no Chairman yes Angelo yes Allegri yes can you hear me yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay yes Jones, yes. Chair? Yes. Eight, one absence. Motion carries. I'm sorry. Oh, and seven, seven, one, seven, one, seven, one, sir. My mistake. Seven, one yes, no. one no, and one absence. Motion carries. Resolution 22-78, tax classification open space exemption. Clerk will read the resolution. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is resolution 22-78, class... Uh, tax classification open space exemption, whereas a public hearing on the property tax classification was held and closed on November 30th, 2022. Now, therefore, will be resolved that there not be an exemption for open space. Move resolution 22-78. Motion and second. Discussion on the motion. Move resolution 22-78. Seeing none. The vote will come on the motion to approve resolution 22-78. Again, a majority roll call vote required. Clerk will call the roll. Charity. Yes. Homie Ledger. Yes. Frangillo. Yes. Chandler. Yes. Hamlin. Yes. Will I agree? Will I agree? She muted. <laughs> Accept. Yes. Jones, yes, Chair. It's yes. me, I, I muted. Eight and one absence. 
Motion carries. Resolution 22-79, Tax Classification Small Business Exemption. Clerk will read the resolution. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is Resolution 2279, Tax Classification for Small Business Exemption. Whereas a public hearing on the proper tax classification was held and closed on November 30, 22. Now, therefore, be resolved that there not be an exemption for small businesses. Move Resolution 22 79. Second. Motion and second. Discussion on the motion. Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to approve Resolution 22 79. Again, a majority roll call votes required. Clerk will call the roll. Romeo Ledger? Yes. Sheridan? Yes. Chandler? Yes. Angelo? Yes. Allegri? Allegri? Yes. Hamlet? Yes. Jones, yes, Chair. Yes. Eight, one, absolutely. Motion carries. Resolution 22-80, Tax Classification Residential Property Exemption. Clerk will read the resolution. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Resolution 22-80, Tax Classification for Residential Property Exemptions, whereas a public hearing on a property tax classification was held and closed on November 30, 2022. Now, therefore, be resolved that there not be an exemption for residential properties. Move resolution 22-80. Second. Motion and a second. Discussion on the motion. Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to approve resolution 22-80. Again, a majority roll call votes required. Clerk will call the roll. Charity. Yes. Yes. Brandula. Yes. Chandler. Yes. Belagri. Yes. Hamlin. Yes. Jones, yes. Chair. Yes. Eight, one absence. Motion carries. Resolution 22-81, Tax Classification Senior Means Tested Exemption. Clerk will read the resolution. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is Resolution 22-81, Tax Classifications Senior Means Test Exemption, where is a public hearing on the property tax classification was held and closed on November 30th, 2022. Now, therefore, be resolved that there not be an exemption for senior means testing. Move resolution 22-81. <clears throat> motion and a second. Discussion on the motion. Oops. Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to approve resolution 22-81. Again, a majority roll call votes required. Clerk will call the roll. Call me a ledger. Yes. Sheridan. Yes. Chandler. Yes. Angelo. Yes. Allegri. Allegri. Hamlet. Yes. Jones, yes. Chair. Yes. Allegri. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Motion carries. Resolution 22-82. Declaration of town-owned property containing South Franklin Congregational Meeting House located at 762 Washington Street as surplus and authorization for disposition sale 
to old colony habitat for humanity. Clerk will read the resolution. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is Resolution 22-82, Declaration of Town and Property Containing South Franklin Congressional Meeting House located at 762 Washington Street. As surplus and authorization for disposition sale of old colony habitat for humanities. Whereas the town has approved uh, property containing a building on a South Franklin Congressional Motion to waive the reading. Second. Is there a, there's a motion and second to waive the reading. All those in favor of waiving the reading, signify because they're roll call vote. Clerk will call the roll. Come Ledger. No. Chairman. No. no. Chandler. Yes. Clerk will call the roll. Angelo. Yes. Allegri. To waive the reading. Chandler? Yes. Chandler? Yes. Yes. Chandler? Yes. Chandler? Yes. Chandler? Yes. 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 Move resolution 22-82. Second. Motion and a second. Jamie, a summary, please. Uh, through you, Mr. Chairman. It's for all those at home, and if you really want to dig through all the materials, um, I think those who are interested in this have been following this incredible uh, project. Um, you know, I just want to say really quickly um, a couple things. Uh, I just want to commend Councillor Pellegri, who's you know, it's, uh, it's unfortunate she can't be here tonight in person. We know she's over Zoom, um, but I think if we look back, um, you know, uh, Councilor Pellegri was one of the ones that took the Hail Mary pass and said, let's try to do something and figure it out. Mr. Chairman, I don't think I could have ever been sitting here and thought a year, two, five, six, seven ago, years ago, uh, we would ever be sitting here in this position. Um, I don't want to over-dramatize it, but I think we really do need to truly celebrate tonight's moment and the potential opportunity that's here for a family from town as well as the opportunity to bring Habitat for Humanity into the community which is a great um, thing for the town overall um, and we get to preserve uh, an old structure in Franklin that has had some hard times that some of you I know on this board know very very well um, and some of you at home know very well so um, ultimately we put out um, the applicable uh, RFP and fortunately, we, the community was able to have uh, a response from uh, Habitat for Humanity, who's here tonight with us, Kim Thomas, the executive director, and many of the volunteers um, that have been helping on this project. And ultimately, this is the, I believe, and the town attorney can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe tonight is the actual final vote um, that's required from the council um, to dispose of the property for surplus um, for the purposes of Habitat for Humanity taking over this building uh, and converting it into uh, what we expect to be an incredibly gorgeous uh, single-family home uh, for a family. Um, we went through a lot of debate on this, um, and I think this is the perfect use for the neighborhood and many of the concerns that they had. Um, it's also, as you know, for those of you who drive down Washington Street, uh, it looks a little different uh, today than it did 10 years ago. There's a lot of great infrastructure improvements, bike lanes up to the state park, great amenities around the area. Um, and so this is, uh, I think, uh, uh, the highest and best use that the community could have um, for that building. So uh, Old Colony Habitat for Humanity, again, is here in the audience tonight. Um, and myself and the town attorney, uh, O'Brien, are happy to answer any questions that folks may have. 
Thank you, Jamie. And I can tell you, for one who has been sitting here for 12 years, I can tell you that it's been a topic of discussion every year that I've been here. Uh, so, with that, I will open it up to questions from the council. Councilor Cormier Ledger. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. And it could very well be in the very lengthy packet, so I apologize if it is somewhere here. But at one of our previous meetings, we put the stipulation that it would this unit would go to a Franklin family. Has that been included in the RFP? It has. It, you can't actually mandate 100% that it is, but you have what's called a local preference option, and I think that the folks at Habitat for Humanity are well aware of our preference. I don't believe legally we can do that, and so what we do in any contract or any agreement like this is we put in the highest, you know, the priority that that would happen, and I think that Kim and her team, <laughs> she's shaking her head. Every time I talk to her, <laughs> I make this point. Uh, but I think the town attorney addressed this at one point uh, some months ago, um, that that's the, the, the most we can do. So I assume then Habitat for Community works with like the local housing authority or something? I think it's a lottery. List. Is that what happens? Oh, am I correct, Kim, it's a lottery? Yeah, so that once the house is done, and then, then Habitat puts it out for, for uh, a lottery process. And um, you know, I, I would like to think that there would be Franklin families that would apply, um, but we can't obviously mandate they do. So is this model a little bit different where the families identified after it's built, not before? I believe so. Can because I know in some, like some instances, coming to the the built, yes, that's Just and Colony Habitat Community. Thank you so much for this evening. We're very thrilled to be here. Um, we would go through the um, application process and have the family be part of the build with the 250 hours of sweat equity. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay, so it's not after the fact. There no, it would be during. It would be during the whole event because it's going to be a great opportunity for the community to come together with the family. Fantastic. And will there be volunteer opportunities for absolutely like the home? Yes, very much. So you keep us posted about that. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sure Councillor Jones would love to. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> Councillor Jones. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. First of all, I'm, I'm very excited for this project. Glad to step so glad to move forward. And know, Mr. Chairman, you're not wrong. I'll be more than happy to contribute. I know that um, the, where I work at the Boston JATC, uh, we have uh, fellow. Uh, co-workers of mine as well as apprentices who actually currently are in the Help Out Habitat communities on the North Shore who are looking to come down here to the south side of, of, of the city and help out in any way that they can do. So that, again, that offers out there to, to help out in any way that we possibly can. Uh, and obviously, you know, my support would also go towards the you know, Frank family if that is if that ultimately becomes uh, an opportunity. That would be great. Um, we, like Mr. Chairman said, we've been talking about this for a long time. It's really nice to see this property being repurposed and for such a great reason. And um, it's just nice that it, that Habitat for Humanities has really stepped up with this. I know when we were on the EDC Avenue's discussion, we were kind of back, going back and forth. When this came across our plate, I was like, that's a home run. This is really going to be great. Um, thank you so much, and thanks, Council, for taking this into consideration. Thank you, Councilor Jones. Councilor Hamlin. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, Kim and the team from Habitat for, for Humanity, thank you so much for 
your notice of interest even at the very beginning with that um, Councilor Jones mentioned that we discussed this at the EDC level. Um, and just it's just really exciting because I think there's a historic preservation restriction on this as well. And so the exterior of that building will be kept just the way it is. And I think that's what all of us want. We want to see it being used, but we also want to see it staying the same so we have that historic uh, view of that beautiful building. And thank you for, for actually agreeing to all of our kind of maybe crazy restrictions, but I think it's very important. Um, and that we have a, a new affordable housing unit and a perpetual, for perpetuity, it's just so exciting for me to, um, it's been one of those things I've been thinking about for a long time, how do we save this beautiful space and building and, and it, it let someone use it. And I think the family that lives there is gonna love it too. So thank you so much. Thank you to the um, our town administrative team for putting this together for us. I think it really shows that how much they listen to us and what we want and so that's um, really important, I think, for the community to understand as well. Um, so thank you so much again, and thank you, Mr. Chairman, for letting me ramble on for a minute. Longer than Glenn. <laughs> that's sometimes very hard to do. Uh, thank you, Councilor Hamlin. Councilor Sheridan. I just want to say, I'm kind of concerned about this Franklin family comment, because was my, my family was a Nord family until we bought a house in Franklin, to become a Franklin family. So if one of my students' families from Brockton would come there, they'd be a Franklin family. I just want to put that up there. Yeah. Thank you, Councilor Sheridan. Any other counselors? Comments from counselors? Councilor Pellegri, anything to add? Yes, I would like to say that I'm very happy about tonight's meeting. I'm just so sorry that I wasn't able to be there to be part of this. I'm very happy about tonight's meeting. I'm just so sorry that I wasn't able to be there to be part of this. Thank you, Council Plaintiff. Uh, okay. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> no, Council Plaintiff, I understand. There is, a, there is a delay with the way you are remoting in. So it's like eight seconds after. So. Just you and not talking. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, uh, I'm very much in favor of this and we love having this come forward to us finally uh, with what I think is the perfect use uh, for this historic landmark of our community. I want to make sure we're getting the bell, though. We're getting the bell. Okay. <laughs> they don't want... The, the mother and father who are going to live there don't want the bell. Well, I, <laughs> <laughs> and I know we get just for council employee reassurance at home. We know we have to deal with the pews 
We've had some people. I, Kim saying, please take me away. No, we might be like insurance and all. We know we have to deal with the cues. Kim saying, please take me away. We might be like insurance. Okay. <laughs> Any other questions or comments? Any questions or comments from the audience? Anyone out there in Zoom land? Uh, seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to approve resolution 22-82. A two-thirds majority roll call vote is required. Clerk will call the roll. Only electric. Yes. Sheridan. Epstein. Chandler. Yes. Frangillo. Yes. Allegri. Sheridan. Epstein. Chandler. Yes. From Jill Yes. The Allegri double check the vote. Allegri. Hamlin. Yes. Jones. Yes. Chair. Yes. Council of Allegri, could we have your vote? <clears throat> Yes. All right. All right. Thank you. Are you nice. hearing me? Yes. 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 That is seven yes, sir, one abstain, and one absence. Motion carries. Okay, moving on. Resolution 22-83, downtown parking lot kiosks authorization. Clerk will read the resolution. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I my cheaters on. Resolution 22-83, appropriation receipts reserved for appropriation parking fund. Total amount requested, $24,239. The purpose, to see if the town will vote to transfer and appropriate from receipts reserved for appropriation uh, parking fund, reserving the amount requested for the purchase of three Flowbird Strata multi-use kiosks to manage payments uh, for parking in two municipal parking lots. Motion be moved and voted by the town council that the sum of $24,239 be transferred appropriated as indicated above from the receipts reserved for appropriation parking fund. This resolution shall become effective according to the provisions of the town of Franklin local charter. Moved resolution 22-83. Second. Motion and second. Discussion. Jamie. Uh, through you, Mr. Chairman. So this is the actual authorization for the money to buy the Flowbird kiosks that uh, would be installed in the new parking uh, lot, Little Depot Street lot, the Ferrari's lot, based on the bylaw changes that were made uh, a couple months ago. Thank you, Jamie. Questions or comments from the council? Councilor Hamlin. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, I just wanted to say how excited I am that this that this is the next step in opening up the parking to first come first serve in the downtown area, and uh, and I think this is one of to first come first. Sorry, um, this is this will is the this is what we need to do downtown, and this is what we've been trying to do to open it up, so the parking up, so that 
people will go downtown and go to our wonderful businesses down there. So um, I like to thank. I think Alicia found this. Alicia find this um, and uh, Kristen from the police department and Kristen um, for finding this kiosk and um, I, w I did have one question will it be able to take since it takes all different cards will it be able to take the Franklin first card no yeah. okay <laughs> but uh, to Council Hamlet's question it does take cash it does take change it does take debit cards it does take credit cards and right. it does do an app so everybody has an option to pay depending on who they are and how they use money. Right, right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Councillor Hamlin. Councillor Chandler. Through you, Mr. Chairman, a couple points of inquiry. Um, first, I'm really glad that it uses coins because there's a lot of people that don't want to use the app. Mr. Cass back there. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, secondly, speaking of the coins, Who's going to empty this? Oh, sorry. This um, she left. <laughs> she left. Uh, the treasure collector. Is she going to go down with these? Jim Daisy did it for yeah. 20 well, years. He did the parking control. He did. He did. Jim Daisy? He would go down and take. Oh, maybe maybe not he all of it. the coins? Yeah, and he would walk into the bank and deposit them. Okay. All right, um, I don't remember that, but that's, I'm sure it happened. I think what Councilor Chandler is referring to is when we had the parking meters downtown, like the police would empty oh. them into so a big container. Was and she would take with these three mobile coin boxes we bought for $572. We could have the police go down. I mean, it, it, I just think we maybe we hadn't gotten quite to that point, but like I know, I just I don't like. But I mean, the treasurer sense. collector, I, we quickly talked to her about this yeah. and about how the money's going to go because there's obviously the fund that we have to put the money into legally. Um, Jamie, I, I will admit, you, we have. you get that? Uh, speak to Kerry and speak to the chief. And sure. Let's figure out and come back to the council telling us. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, she's very trustworthy to bring it to the bank. I didn't even know what bank we were going to use or... But, um, it's with Dean. Okay. It's with Dean. I know that for sure. Thank you. Um, and that was my main one. Thank you, Mr. Chandler. Thank you, Councilor Chandler. Councilor Cormier Ledger. That was really to my point, Mr. Chairman, was about the collection. Um, and, and really, I, I mean no disrespect to those in the audience or at home that may still be using coins and cash, but would, wouldn't it be safer and more economical to us to not have that option? It would be, but I think at the same time, like, I, I think we're, in, we're kind of in, I think we're, to some of the other points, I think we're cutting people out who, who are going to get frustrated with without coins or cash, and I just think that having that available, to be honest, I really don't think the daily users are gonna use a lot of cash or coins. They're gonna end up using debit cards, um, and maybe some on the app. If you're a commuter, you know, you might, you're probably just gonna do the app and do your, do your thing each day, but I think also, you know, this is part of the point of collecting some data. I mean, I don't really know the human behavior of paying, but um, I think if we had chosen a product that didn't allow cash or coins, We'd be getting pushback from people saying we can't do that. I don't want the app. 
Um, so just having the choice available for people, especially as this inception is, is kind of the way to go. And a lot of the communities up on the North Shore, Gloucester, Essex, Newburyport, all of them use Flowbird. It's a pretty popular product, so. But it would be safer for sure. And it certainly, Carrie would certainly love it if nobody paid cash or because it would make the reconciliations a lot easier, yeah. miserably. But it's 2022. I know. Well, you also get a large portion of people that don't pay their dog license online because they don't want to pay a 25 cent fee you know, on the principal, and they come in and they say, "I'm giving you a check," and that check. To, to your point, from a staff management perspective, it does cost a lot more money from staff time and benefits and everything to process those checks, but people would also be irate, I think, if we didn't allow a check. It would just, you know, it's tough. Yeah, okay, thank you. Thank you, Councilor Comey Ledger. <coughs> Councilor Sheridan. Could we pay a parking bike check? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions or comments from the council? Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to approve resolution 22-83. Again, a majority roll call votes required. Clerk will call the roll. Cormier. Yes. Carrot. Yes. Chandler. Yes. Angelo. Yes. Allegri. Hamlin. Yes. Jones, yes. Chair. Yes. Pelegri. Councilor Pelegri, can we have your vote, please? Yes. Thank you. Motion carries. Thank you. Perfect. Okay, moving on. Resolution 22 84, 2023 Town Council meeting schedule. Clerk will read the resolution. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is Resolution 22 84, 2023 schedule of Town Council meetings, 2023 dates. January 4th, January, January 18th, February 1st, February 15th, with this, which is a school vacation. February 15th, which is, uh, I'm sorry, February 15th, which is a school vacation. March 1st, Joint Budget Subcommittee. March 15th, April 5th, April 12th, school vacation. Uh, May 3rd, FinCom. Uh, May 24th, Operational Budget Hearing 1. May 25th, Operational Budget 2. June 7th, June 21st, July 19th, August 16th, September 6th, September 20th. October 11th, October 18th, November 1st, Election Day, and November 15th, December 6th, tax rate hearing, and December 19th, October 18th, November 1st, Election Day. Hold on. Um, the Election Day is the 7th, not the 1st. You said you, wrote, you read just Election Day. But uh, no, I read November 1st, and it says FYI Election Day is November 7th. Oh. That's the 7th. Yep. Okay, all right. Just want to clarify that. Move resolution 22-84. Second. Motion in the second. Discussion on the motion. <coughs> Councilor Comey, a ledger. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is to the town administrator. Have all uh, various religious holidays been examined before submitting this to us? 
Yes, um, the one conflict, depends on how you define religious holidays is all, but uh, the one conflict is on April 5th is Passover. Um, and I think this is unfortunately something that folks are gonna have to, to decide here um, is at some point there's just only so many Wednesdays we can do um, and we could move or cancel a FinCom meeting for April. You could move that April 5th to April 29th or you could meet during school vacation week. In the past, we've been told school vacation week is off limits to have a meeting. Um, I only mention that um, because you know we had a discussion in the office and, and um, you know, these are traditionally the first and third. At some point we have to make some decisions in the group about what's available and what's not. And to, to that <coughs> point, Councilor Cormier Ledger, we can, uh, we can chat offline and see if we, make, we can make an adjustment in this down the road if we need to. Okay, I, I, my own personal opinion would be to make the adjustment now before it's published. Just seems more considerate, but um, I am relieved to see at least that Rosh Hashanah and Yom know, Kippur were taken into account. When I look at 2023, we're not here, from what I can tell, on those high holidays like they were this year, which is which is good. It's a step in the right direction. Um, did we look at Indian holidays as well? I think we looked at everything that was on the Google Calendar. We tried to, look, holidays, we tried to look at everything. I'm going to be honest. Like, okay. I'm just, I, no, I know, I, I know, I'm just, I know there's, I know there's a lot. We just, we take a lot of pride in being a diverse community. We do. And it needs to be reflected in our calendars. Well, I, well, honestly, that's a debate in my seven years we haven't had. And so if that's the policy of the council, that's the decision of the council that the council has to say, these religious holidays, all religious holidays, no religious holidays. I think it's, from an equitable standpoint, cherry plucking ones makes it even more challenging. Um, there are some that may be practical, like a Passover or Rosh Hashanah, and there are some that where faiths don't, you know, believe in the same stuff. So I don't know. I, I will be honest with you. I don't know exactly how <coughs> to deal with all of that. I don't know which ones we're supposed to honor or not. When we say all, you're right diverse community. On the other hand, public hearings, people don't have to show up to give their input. They can email, they can phone call, they can do other things. Um, the school calendar is obviously a much different beast when dealing with this issue than a, than a, than a town-wide one. Um, so, I mean, we tried to do the best we could. I know that Passover also is very difficult for anybody to come on that evening because of what the observance is. Um, so, my couple thoughts. Thank you. You still have the floor, Councilor. So, Mr. Chairman, I, I would be in favor of amending the calendar for that April 5th to, if, if we could, uh, in, in light of the comment about Passover. But otherwise, I'm fine with the dates as, as described. Okay. Uh, so, you need a second. Then you need to make an amendment to, to the motion with a date. Yeah. Right, we, need to be, we, need, we need to plug something in there. <laughs> so it would be the, so ninth, the 19th. Have, that's why I said. It's the 19th is the school vacation week. Mm -hmm. And so if everybody's here, nobody's going anywhere during school vacation week, you could do that week. And then the week after the 26th, it's okay, but I'd have to cancel the finance committee meeting that's set up for that night. But again, that's okay. You know, I'm, I'm, 
they're meeting in budget hearings two weeks later for four nights in a row, so maybe they would take a night off. <laughs> but I'm, you know, I'm just trying to follow the general structure. That was the 19th work for everybody. Just that's the non-school non vacation. That's the school yeah, that vacation. That. That is, that is a school vacation. Yeah, that is. No, I, I prefer the 26th. <coughs> I prefer the 26th. Yeah. Okay, make the motion. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I believe I'm making a motion to is cancel April 12th and it's <coughs> April 26th. Fifth, fifth, fifth. I'm sorry. And we're going to get rid of the April 5th meeting and have two meetings in April be the 12th and the 26th. Second. Motion and second. Discussion on the amendment. Seeing that the vote will come on the amendment first, which is changing the April 5th meeting to April 26th. Uh, majority votes required. Clerk will call the roll. Corey Yes. Terry. Yes. Chandler. Yes. Angela. Yes. Blackbeard. Excuse me. Blackbeard. Yes. 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 And the clerk will call the roll. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Cormier <coughs> uh, Ledger? Yes. Sheridan? Yes. Chandler? Yes. Angela? Yes. Allegri? Yes. Angela? Yes. Allegri? Yes. Hamlin? Yes. Jones? Yes. Chair? Yes. That's eight. One. Motion. Okay, moving on. Zoning bylaw amendment 22-887. Zoning map changes on or near Lincoln Street and Lincolnwood Drive. Clerk will read the resolution. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is zoning, bylaw, uh, zoning bylaw amendment 22-887. Zoning map changes for rural residential two and single family residential three to rural residential two and single family residential three and the area on near Lincoln Street and Lincolnwood Drive. The zoning bylaw amendment to code of the town of Franklin, chapter 185, section 5 zoning map. Be enacted by the Franklin Town Council, the code of the town of Franklin, is being amended by the following amendments to subsection 185-5. Zoning map, zoning map, town of Franklin, be amended by the rural residential 2, single family residential 3, and rural residential 2, an area containing 35.26 plus or minus acres, comprising the following parcels of land, as shown on the town of Franklin's assessor's map. Parcel numbers 243 and the zoning map of the town of Franklin be amended by changing rural residential two and single family residential three to uh, single family residential three in area containing 3.02 plus or minus acres. Comprising the following parcels of land is shown in the town of Franklin assessors map. Parcels number 243047000, zoned is shown to be attached map proposed zoning map changes in area on or near Lincoln Street and Lincolnwood Drive. 
The foregoing zoning bylaw amendment shall take effect in accordance with the Franklin Home Rule Charter and Massachusetts General Law Chapter 48, Section 5. Move resolution 22-887. To the planning board. To the planning board. No referral. Second. Motion and a second. Discussion, Jamie. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. So this is part of the lot line cleanup series. Uh, it's the first one of the year. Uh, the chair of the EDC and Brian are both here to uh, comment or answer any questions. Um, as you can see on the map up on the screen, um, on the areas circling the red, um, these are zoning districts where there are multiple zoning districts within the same parcel. And so these are designed to try to make them so that they're more consistent. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. Questions, uh, certainly, this comes through the EDC, so well, I was gonna ask the EDC have, chair. Do we wanna have Brian talk first, or we, we don't have? Um, so this went through the EDC, we discussed this. This is actually one of the multi-year projects, uh, a project that's been going on for a long time, just to clean up the zoning, uh, to make all of one a parcel, one zone, um, and it's, we are, we're cruising along, I think, we are almost done. No, we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, and these, it's pretty straightforward. If you look at the map, you can see. But um, Brian's here. He can fill fill us in. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Councilor Handler. Any questions from the council? Brian, anything you wanted to add to what Jamie said? Um, not really. It just just one note, and that is that uh, when we look at which district to put it in, uh, we want to make sure we make sure that there's no loss in value, property value, or anything of that nature. So that's that's just something we should mention right off the bat. That was the point I was going to ask you to make. Absolutely. <laughs> Any other uh, questions or comments from the council? From the audience? Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to refer Zoning Bylaw Amendment 22-887 to the Planning Board. And a majority roll call votes required. Clerk will call the roll. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Sheridan. Uh, yes. Homilic. Yes. Angelo. Yes. Chairman. Yes. Hamlet. Yes. Allegri. Yes. Jones, yes, Chair. Yes. Eight, one Motion carries. Resolution 22-85, public property naming and memorial installation policy. <coughs> Clerk will read the resolution. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is Resolution 22-85, Public Property Naming and Memorial Installation Policy. The Franklin Town Council, on behalf of the Town of Franklin, hereby adopts the Public Property Naming and Memorial Installation Policy dated November 30, 2022. Attached here to is Exhibit 1. This resolution should become effective according to the provisions of the Town of Franklin. Move Resolution 22-85. Second. Motion and a second. Discussion, Jamie. Through you, Mr. Chairman. So uh, I've been asked this many times before, and um, I will have a, a good laugh with my predecessor. Um, I hope you guys can too. 
Um, for many of you that know, uh, many times people would say, oh, we want to name something something on town property, we want to install something. Um, and Jeff would always say, oh, we have a policy on that and we don't allow it. <laughs> so a couple of people came forward and Mark and I had a conversation, a few people were approaching over the last uh, several months. And we looked high and low for a policy. Um, there is none. Um, I, at one point, we, there was rumors or there was folks that said that there was a bylaw on it. There is no bylaw on it. Um, and so uh, to make sure it's clear to both the public as well as our departments and staff um, and everybody here, uh, you know, this is the uh, attempt to put a formal policy in adoption so that everybody's on the same page and we're not just kind of making up you know, random rumors or something was in a desk somewhere, it got recycled and thrown out. Maybe there was a policy someday, I don't know, but we couldn't find it, so, um, so we're taking this opportunity to do this now. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. Questions or comments from the council, Council Sheriff? Uh, Chair, for you, interesting enough, I looked at those signs, like the veteran signs, there are a lot of squares named after people. That's right. So at one point they were doing it. Yeah. I think I think yeah. it, I think ultimately like the policy says I mean yeah. the council has the authority to do, do the naming it. of public property and so maybe at some point there were votes on those things um, but I do expect them to continue to come up yeah. so it's good to be on the I believe most of those were voted by the council okay. specifically uh, and all what we're trying to do with this and I talked to Jamie at length about this is just putting the sole authority to do that here at the council which is where it belongs. So uh, it's, it can continue to be done. Yeah. It just has to for sure come before us before anything's ever uh, named for anybody or anything. Council Frangillo. Yes, thank you, three of you. Uh, I just want to clarify, it's my understanding that this doesn't cover the separate issue of public art installations, um, right, if somewhere were to propose a statue. This is not intended to cover that. Um, it depends. If it was um, the statue of Joe, yes. Yes. Okay. This doesn't include art that like we were else. No. Only again, public property. It doesn't include like private property. So if somebody wanted to do a mural on the side of the municipal building, yes, it would. Okay. All right. So, right. so it's just it's just public property streets. Anything else? I put an annoying list in here, like exhaustive list of really. I mean, I just wanted to really be widespread. I mean, this is streets, sidewalks. Uh, Patrick, you just mentioned like squares, right? Um, this is everything that's public property. So if it's a building and if it's an installation of some sort, yes, it would require that. Because you're the you're under the care custody. You you have the sole care and custody of all public property. With the exceptions that were in here for the school department and conservation commission who own land like Belcart, they have authority over those spaces because they're actually technically the deeded owner of that property. But everything else is has to come through the council. Okay. Okay, so it would I'm trying to think of it that like a, a Panther statue in the over the bridge next to the uh, whatever you call that. The yeah. island? Yeah, yeah. The island's actually owned by the MBTA, I believe. <laughs> oh, poor example. <laughs> How about just a sidewalk? You want to put a pan a pan sure. on a sidewalk? On yeah. a sidewalk. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. Council of Councilor Cornell Ledger. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, Jamie, would an exception to this rule be um, 
veteran services because like when they get donations for bricks and things like that for the memorial garden they don't need to go to us to approve them they just install the bricks that's correct usually there's usually there's some sort if there was like the brick walkway i mean or the library that's all already done through the building project or through another appropriation or something like that and then we designate the veterans officer for example to do the brick program or in the library case mr chairman i think those votes came to us anyways so those would come through the council beforehand anyway okay and my my only other comment will just for the public and for it to be on record will we be actually reading this policy tonight or it'll be online it'll be on on the town's website we could uh, sure. you could read it <clears throat> would, would, I be, be would it be possible for the clerk to read that absolutely Thank you. <clears throat> he did take his speed reading class <laughs> <laughs> i know he enjoys it so much <laughs> well it feeds my narcissism <laughs> Public property naming memorial installation policy. Naming public property or memorializing space of public property is an important matter that deserves thoughtful attention. Uh, personal prejudice or favoritism, political pressure, or temporary popularity should not be an influence in naming. Public property should be named only for distinguished individuals, organizations who have made extraordinary contributions to the town of Franklin or public service. Franklin Town Council has sole authority to name, rename, or revoke the naming of any public property. All proposals, gifts, or any other recommendations to the naming of the public property, including honoring individuals or organizations through memorial plaques, shall be submitted uh, to the Town Council for approval. Public property includes any and all public property under the care, custody, and control of the Franklin Town Council, including but not limited to buildings both structures and surrounding groundings and interiors thereof, other facilities and structures, and public lands, ways, and other public spaces and improvements thereon, not under legal control of other government entities. There's an extra space between the two and the right. That's it, Mr. Chair. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. Okay, and uh, uh, Councilor Chairman. Through Mr. Chairman. Um, just a quick question. So under this, the schools has a three-year period on someone that's died. We don't have any of, there's none of that, right? It can, I was kind of getting at, like, with Shannon here, God forbid someone died in the line of duty from Franklin. There's no, and they want to name something after that person. There's no timeline. We didn't put one in. We didn't put one in. That's what I'm getting at. We didn't put one in. Okay, thank you, because I saw the schools had a three-year window. And I just wasn't going to accept that. Thank you. Thank you. Any other questions or comments, Councilor Hamlin? Just very quickly, thank you, Mr. Chairman. I I always um, appreciate procedures to understand the process of how things happen, and um, I think this is a great idea to actually have this um, in writing, so we know what the process is and everyone is clear on it. Um, so I thank the town administration team for, for doing this. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Councilor Hamlin. Councilor Frangelo. I apologize for, for coming back to it. It would be helpful if I could just understand where uh, it, it gives us the power to say, accept a Panther statue. I see why we can name it, uh, Bob the Panther. But I, I, I don't want to get too tight. I just want to make sure that 
that is being covered or be or that it should be covered separately. Attorney Sorrell. It's an incident of your authority, legal authority, having care, custody, control of property. An example of streets and public ways is pretty straightforward. You absolutely can say no to anything in there that is other than the primary purpose of traffic back and forth. So you've got that discretion already. So this, it's inherent in your authority. This is just okay. spelling it out and setting forth the parameters. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Do you read quickly, Mr. Jones? The memorializing space on public property. That should answer his question. It's the first sentence. Yeah, okay. Okay, got it. Okay, any other questions or comments from the council? From the audience? Name and address, please. Steve Sherlock, Lawrence Drive. This does not affect anything that's already in place. This just confirms the process for anything going forward. That is correct. Just a clarification, thank you. Any other questions or comments? Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to approve <coughs> resolution 22-85. Again, a majority roll call votes required. Clerk will call the roll. Sheriff? Yes. <coughs> Gorbiadger? Yes. Angela? Yes. Chandler? Yes. Amlin? Yes. Allegra? Yes. Motion carries. Town Administrator's report. Uh, the only thing I want to mention, Mr. Chairman, I just want to um, send a, unfortunately I was unable, unable to make it down there today to the Senior Center, but Councilor Pelegri brought this up. I just want to congratulate uh, Sue Barber on a great retirement. Today was her last day, uh, as well as Maggie Gunderson. I want to thank them for their service. I know we will see both back as work-off program folks. Um, I know Sue will be no stranger, but um, if she is out there listening, I want to thank her, congratulate her, and I uh, hope she can know as well. Other than that, thank you very much. Thank you, Jamie. Moving, uh, any questions? Jamie? Okay, subcommittee reports. Uh, I think the only subcommittee that's met has been the EDC. So, Councilor Hamlin. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Yes, the EDC met tonight before, uh, the la before this meeting. We discussed the first ever inclusionary zoning bylaw um, to come to be in Franklin. We don't have one yet. We're one of the few um, municipalities around us that don't that don't have one yet. Um, so this is a, this is in our housing production plan, and so we had a lively discussion. It will come to the full council whenever it can fit get fit on the agenda. Um, and um, hopefully we'll have another lively discussion about it there. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Councilor Hamlin. Any questions for Councilor Hamlin? Okay, uh, Gatra, nothing. Okay, moving on, future agenda items. Councilor Sheridan. At the end this time. Councilor Frangillo. I think the only thing would be, uh, we had at one point talked about creating policy for if an art project comes forward, how we deem it of enough artistic merit. And it does seem um, still useful to both spell out how something should be proposed and 
who should review it before leaving it to our final approval. Um, so it would, it would be nice to revisit that perhaps at the east. Okay. Thank you, Councilor Fangelo. Councilor Hamlin. Nothing at this time, thank you. Councilor Cormier-Ledger. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I just want to second Councilor Fangelo's uh, recommendation on adapting some sort of our policy. Thank you. Councilor Chandler. Nothing at this time. Councilor Jones. No, sir. Councilor Plagrey. Nothing at this time. Thank you. Uh, moving on. Councilor Comments. Councilor Chandler. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I would just like to thank again the um, the elk riders, the elk riders. They've been they're great, you know. They really are. They've come to a lot of other things too that maybe some people haven't seen them at. And um, we're lucky to have that organization, not just the riders, but the elks in general in Franklin. I think that's nice and um they wouldn't give Elisa a shout out too. Speaking of um, the veterans tonight, I saw that uh, Steve Sherlock's podcast that you are uh, you're moving the veterans on from the senior roles onto the work off program so we can add spots. Yes. Um, I, I think that's awesome. Getting yeah, more people very, involved in that. Yeah. Going to give you guys a shout out for that. Thank you. And that's it. Thank you, Councillor Chandler. Councilor Frangillo. Nothing. Councilor Cormier-Ledger. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, I want to thank uh, our DPW department and our, the volunteers uh, for the beautification around town, uh, both the common and all of the downtown areas with the holiday decorations, lights, plants, everything just looks fantastic. And I know that it, there were staff and volunteers alike that got together for that. Um, I also wanted to um, offer my condolences uh, over, I'm sure people saw the news, but I just want to um, at least publicly mention my condolences to Isabella Cruz's family, uh, the freshman in Tri-County, died tragically due to an asthma attack um, over the holiday. Um, very, very, very sad, um, and hope the family knows that we're keeping them in our thoughts. Um, and also the family of Sharon Taylor, um, a very uh, young mom here in town who um, passed very suddenly and the services were over the weekend. I know many people knew about her, uh, so please know that we're, we're thinking of that family as well. Thank you, Councilor Comey-Ledger. Councilor Hamlin. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, I too would like to thank the Elk Riders. They do such a wonderful job for our veterans. Um, but thank the hockey team, the boys and girls hockey team, Downtown Partnership and Ian Mason for organizing the decorations um, and for actually doing all the work down there. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it wasn't too cold. So Indeed. 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 Uh, yes, that's exactly. Thank you, Look Councilor. Right. Um, Frangelo, the Dean Lacrosse team came down too, and they helped clean up all along the the uh, fence line in in the parking lot. So if you go down there and everything's all cleaned up, it's like because they collected bags and bags of trash. 
I was there with them for a while. It wasn't too much, it wasn't too much fun. But um, they were great, they worked really hard. Uh, there's some weird stuff in there. <laughs> we won't ask. Uh, the Winters Farmers Market uh, is at Fairmont Fruit Farm this Saturday from 10 to 2. So um, there's there's a lot of fresh fresh foods there and and craft people. So head on down to that. Um, you know, tomorrow would have been my dad's 97th birthday, um, and you know I've been thinking about him a lot lately. And I think he would, he would just want me to remind people just to try to be kind to each other. Um, it's pretty hard out there sometimes. So um, let's all give each other a break. Um, thank you. Thank you, Councilor Hamlin. Councilor Sheridan. Uh, yeah, I agree with that one. If I said, and also just add, uh, I would like to thank the Franklin Fire Department and the people who organized the downtown Santa visit Sunday. It was sad for me, first time my kids didn't go. <laughs> Thank you, Councillor Sheridan. Councillor Jones. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, most has been said. I do want to um, kind of follow piggyback with um, Councillor Pomey Ledger and with the Taylor family. Jay, Mr. Taylor, uh, is a local on free electrician. I was very sad to hear his wife passed away suddenly. I did go quite a to see. And um, condolences to the family. It was such a great such a great family. Um, but I'm looking forward to the holidays. I think everyone they did such a nice job with the comments. Me and my wife take the dogs down there on a regular basis. The lights are great, as usual, on a daily basis. Uh, and we did end up taking our family photo with the backdrop of the, the Santa Claus. I need to skip around the comments. So I, I don't know who yet my wife's going to be sending Christmas, Christmas cards to, but it can be known that it was taken on the rack of the comments. I was just going to say, I didn't get one. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't said that one. I haven't said that one. I haven't said that one. I haven't said that Okay. Uh, again, I would just like to reiterate pretty much what all my fellow counselors uh, have said. Uh, obviously, thanking the Alex Riders and uh, our community, our downtown, our common, uh, really looks so festive during this holiday time that uh, it's great, and I, you know, for all of our residents to. Come down, take a walk around. Uh, it's it's a great place and a great place to take an evening stroll for sure. Okay, seeing no need to have an executive session this evening, I would entertain a motion to adjourn. So moved. Second. Non-debatable. <laughs> All those in favor, clerk will call the roll. Corey Yes. Charity. Yes. Family. Yes. Angela. Yes. Amber. Yes. Jones. Yes. Pellegri. Yes. Yes. Chair. Yes. We are adjourned. Thank you, Councilor Pellegri, and thank you, everyone uh, who tuned in and everyone who came out in this windy, rainy evening. 
We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.